Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Brewer fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard baseball fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T Plush, your host for the show. I'm a contributor for reviewing the brew for Fansighted and one of the co-founders of the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. You can follow the work that we do on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod, where we tweet a lot about the Bucks, Brewers, and Packers. So make sure you're checking out the Bucks Trilogy podcast and Packers Trilogy podcast on your listening platforms as well, for there's a lot of great content out there, and both teams are doing very well in their seasons. But as you know, we're here to talk some Brewers baseball today, and... It's been a busy off season. <laughs> they've they've definitely kept me pretty busy, uh, and a lot sooner than what I would have anticipated. At least comparing it to years previous. So, Trevor, uh, aka Sunshine Bender, my other co-host, is not joining me here tonight. Our schedules are just not aligning. I had some some work changes, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get together this week. But I figured I'd spend tonight talking a little bit about the Brewers signings of Brett Anderson and then Avisil Garcia. I still want to get to some Josh Hader trade rumors, uh, so hopefully more to come on that later in the week or right before Christmas. But as I said, we'll focus on the two signees and we'll go to Brett Anderson first, seeing how that signing occurred in chronological order first. He is a left-handed pitcher who the Brewers signed from the A's. He had a pretty solid 2019, and the Brewers just said, we're going to give him one year, five mil, and then he can make up to seven mil in total, so an extra two million worth of incentives there. But he's going to be 32 years old to start the 2020 season. It's his 12th MLB season. He's been hampered a lot by injuries. He had Tommy John back in 2011, back surgeries in 2014 and 2016. His best seasons, uh, 2015 when he was with the Dodgers, had a 3.69 ERA and over 31 starts. And then last year, made over 31 starts again and then a 3.89 ERA. Otherwise, ERA has been pretty high. And then not a lot of starts just due to the injuries that I mentioned. Um, So it is at least encouraging that he avoided the injured list in 2019 with Oakland. But I thought like five mil for for Brett Anderson just seemed kind of high for the Brewers. Like we spent so much time slashing payroll and you get rid of Zach Davies who would have been basically owed around five million as well and you get Brett Anderson and you just kind of have to hope he stays healthy (laughs) at this point so kind of interesting in that regard in terms of the signing I do like that it's only one year it's a typical David Stearns move not gonna 
not going to commit a lot of years to a pitcher. And and it's another lefty. So he's a solid dude who's going to eat up a lot of innings. And the Brewers <laughs> are definitely trending more towards left-handed starters, at least early on in this free agent signing period. So that's one thing to monitor. I think we're going to have a lot of left-handed arms on the club next year. As for Anderson, though, in terms of his game, it's he's a primarily a ground ball pitcher. Fifty percent or fifty-six percent of pitches are ground balls. He likes to pitch low in the zone, and that kind of brings up the debate of, well, okay, he doesn't really need a good framer then, right? If he's generally uh, getting contact down in the zone and not relying on you know those higher borderline chestish high strikes that that seems to be the trend in the MLB this game. And when you look at the fact that the Brewers have Narvaez, who's, I think, slated to be primarily the everyday starter, he's not a good framer. (laughs) And you look at the signing of Eric Lauer, he's a ground ball pitcher as well. So I don't know. It's interesting, at least with those two moves, that if that's the trend the Brewers are looking to do is just acquire pitchers who like to or have the ability to keep the ball in the park, don't need as good of a framer. Um, but then that also does bring up the idea of athletic ability of a catcher behind the plate. Like guys who pitch low in the strike zone are obviously going to throw the ball more in the dirt. So Narvaez is by no means a super athletic catcher. Manny Pena obviously is pretty good in any regard, but you don't want a lot of pass balls when Narvaez, when Narvaez is catching. So um, I think that's that's to be something to monitor, especially with you know, not only Brett Anderson, but Eric Lauer as well, or if they decide to go with Manny Pena on those days when they're pitching, kind of compensate for that. But one thing to to kind of keep in mind as the season approaches, and then, you know, it's also the fact Brett Anderson, I guess, is slated now to be kind of in that mid-rotation guy, and he should hopefully eat up some innings. He had up 176 last year. And then in 2015, 180 when he was healthy. Um, but the Brewers, they use a lot of starters, and Stearns hasn't ruled out adding more arms. So I think under the Stearns era, typically you have 8 to 10 guys who make starts for the Brewers. So whoever the starting five is, you know, isn't isn't going to be set in stone, and it's going to change throughout the year, and there's a the trade deadline, and there's a lot of moving pieces throughout a baseball season. So... I wouldn't get too discouraged, you know, when the fact you look at the Brewers starting rotation and go, okay, well, it's it's Woodruff, it's Anderson, it's Hauser, it's Lauer, and then it's Lindblom. And you're just like, is that who you want to contend with? Because I know that's what a lot of fans are thinking. But, I mean, look at that 2018 team when we had, like, Chassin, Wade Miley, Chase Anderson, uh, Zach Davies was injured, but then you had the young guns Peralta come on, start some games. I mean, that by no means was a starting five that strikes fear <laughs> and uh, opposing opposing lineups. And yeah, this you're, this one isn't either. Woodruff obviously I think does. He's the only exception, but the other guys they're just inning eaters, and that's what Stearns goes after. And that's that's just how he's going to play the game. We're gonna looks like we're gonna continue to use the bullpen. I mean, we still have roles unfulfilled in Freddie Peralta and Brett Suter. They can eat up lots of innings in a bullpen in that kind of what you say a long relief role, if that's what they do indeed end up doing. So I would expect David Stearns to sign at least one, maybe even two more arms. 
will it be a splash splash signing? Yeah, probably not. Uh, there's lots of talks about should the Brewers trade for Robbie Ray and the Diamondbacks. Yeah, maybe you get one year of control with him, if I remember correctly. So there's there's lots of options out there in not only free agency and the trade market as well. Shifting gears over to Avisel Garcia, the Brewers were in talks with him for quite a while. I mean, dating back to the weekend and thinking like December 12th, 13th, there was all sorts of rumors out there and the Rays were obviously trying to re-sign him and then there was a third team as well, but he turned down a lot of contracts and the for good reason, I guess, the Brewers gave him a good chunk of money, two years, 20 mil. Uh, that was definitely a lot more than I was expecting to get him for, but... I think that shows that the Brewers have some big plans for him. I mean, this isn't going to be a guy who just sits the bench because you take a look at the outfield depth, you're like, okay, now we suddenly have Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Ben Gamble, obviously Garcia. I mean, we put on the on the 40-man roster Tyrone Taylor, Corey Ray. So Stearns is definitely stockpiling the outfielders, and that opens up the debate, yes, for Ryan Braun resuming more of a first base role, which was kind of what the Brewers said they were going to do in 2018, right? When they acquired Kane and Yelich, and Braun started a majority of the games at first base to start the year. Um, then obviously when Jesus Aguilar came on, they said, well, now it doesn't make sense to keep Braun there. We have a good hitting first baseman who has good defense, a lot better than what Braun was providing. I would expect Stearns to at least sign a first baseman because even when they went in 2018 with Ryan Braun intending to play more first base, Eric Thames and Jesus Aguilar were still on the ball club. So hopefully an ET return, I I would not be upset with that at all. ET kind of Ryan Braun splits and then Braun can play in the outfield too. I mean, I think that's the ideal situation you're looking for, at least in terms of first base. <laughs> But anyway, a little side tangent there. Getting back to Avisil Garcia, he's kind of had an interesting trip through the majors, primarily a White Sox most of his career, one year with the Rays. He had one tremendous season in 2017 where he hit 330 on base percentage of 380, slugged over 500, and had an OPS of 885. Was an all-star that year. And then 2018, he kind of got derailed by injuries, knee and hamstring injuries, limited his games and at-bats, ended up only having an average of 236, and throughout the board, his numbers were down, and then bounced back in 2019, setting a career-high 20 home runs, had an average of 282, 332 on base percentage, 464 slugging, and then 796 on base percentage. So there's a couple things that stand out in his raw stats, at least. It's the batting average fluctuates tremendously through throughout year to year. You look at his career average through eight years in the majors, it's 273. But you back up to, we'll say, when he first started getting substantial amounts of playing time, so over 200 at-bats, 2015, he hit 267 that year, 245 in 2016, 330 in 17. 236 in 18 and then 282 in 19 so 
kind of up and down the board there obviously a hope for the ladder in 330 <laughs> or close to it close to 300 but that's no guarantee with him he is primarily a ground ball hitter so he has not embraced the launch angle revolution in fact i believe it was below 10 degrees <laughs> but he does make very loud contact he really kind of has to rely on ground balls to get through the infield to get on base he doesn't draw a lot of walks doesn't strike out a lot, which is obviously good. So it's going to be a lot of ground balls. And then, you know, you hope the power numbers are there from last year as well. 20, 20 was the best that he did. So maybe being a Miller Park will help a little bit with that. But typically you don't think of increased power numbers with right-handed at-bats in Miller Park. The other thing I wanted to point out in terms of Elvisil Garcia was what position he'll play. A lot of people are like, well, are the Brewers going to try him at first base? I kind of covered that topic already. No, I don't think they're going to try that. He's never played first base (laughs) in his life, and I still think Thurns is going to go out and grab a first baseman before all is said and done. He's primarily a corner outfield guy, so right field or left field. He did play a good amount of center fields, especially earlier in his career, but thinking back to 2013, he logged over 200 innings there. And then in 2019, so last year, he logged just 94 innings. So despite being a big six foot four, 250-pound guy, he, he can move pretty fast and is no slouch on the defensive end. He's obviously not going to be a gold glover by any means, but he'd be serviceable in center field given this makeup of the outfield in Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, who literally all of them need maintenance days. I mean, you saw how much, how worn down Lorenzo Cain got towards the end of the year, and he was basically playing on one leg and gritting through it. Ryan Braun obviously has been known to need his maintenance days, and then Christian Yelich went through a bunch of back tightness things, especially early on last year's I think having this solid outfielder in Avisel Garcia provides you more depth for a bunch of outfielders who need maintenance days. I mean, that's really what it is. And then the fact that Braun should hopefully have the versatility to move over to first base helps get him in the lineup even more. And then the last part with him is the contract is just interesting. I mean, $10 million obviously means they're going to play him a lot and they have big intentions for him, but it's just crazy to think that they forked over that much money, especially for brewers who are supposed to be tight wads with their, with their cash. And then you look at Christian Yelich, who's going to be making 12.5 million in 2020. So just making a little bit more over obviously Garcia, obviously that's going to change Christian Yelich's contract is backloaded and think he makes up to 14 and then 15 mil. Uh, in the next two seasons after this, before that seven-year contract he signed back with the Marlins is up. That contract is just a little bit bothersome to me. There must have been a lot on the table from other teams. The Rays, the Brewers must have been getting a sense the Rays were desperate to keep him and bring him back and get from what I've gathered off Rays fans, they're all kind of bummed out that he's not going to be joining them next year. So I think we gained a pretty solid dude there. The money part, not too convinced on the high ground ball rates and having to rely on hitting the ball through the infield to get on base isn't very exciting. But do you remember, he does make a lot of hard contact. Yeah, won't be a, won't be a bloop and a blast type of guy. So <laughs> a little different than what we're used to in Milwaukee. 
But I think that will wrap us up here for today. I'll look for either later this week or early next week. We're going to get some Josh Hader rumors uh, started up on this podcast, still putting together some trade packages and inquiring from from other fans what they would you know think it would take to get rid of Josh Hader. So stay tuned for that. Check out all of our other podcasts. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. We're giving away a free Giannis jersey yet. All you have to do is follow us and then check out the pin tweet for the contest infos but until next time we'll see you later brewer fans